self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are a conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another episode you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we are still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artist, and send it to us that way. We have two to three <laughs> uh, message, or letters this week. Colin wrote in twice, so I, I guess... That only counts as one. But first up, um, we have Tag, who has written in before. And the title of this email is Title. <laughs> Good morning, Red and On Point. Uh, the subject of Kodak Black and maybe some other people, but mainly Kodak Black. Um, I wonder what we do with problematic people who might be a little slow. Because <laughs> my theory, and I think y'all feel the same, is that the boy is a little touched. He needs special attention and a helmet, maybe. But he also needs to be away from the general public, clearly because his self-control gene is compromised. How, if at all, do we address people who need to be held accountable but also aren't too sharp? <laughs> Secondly, Old Town Road is amazing and not quite country music, but I'm all for the country music establishment being mad and staying mad. I'm 100% on board with the yeehaw agenda and black folks coming to reclaim what belongs to us. P.S. Bohemian Rhapsody slaps and Andrew Caldwell is gay. <laughs> yes, he is. He's very gay. <laughs> have you seen him have sex I don't wanna have, with I a man? Got, I ain't got to see him have sex. I don't have to see nobody else have sex with another gay. Yes, you, you don't have to see it, but you don't know, no. Whatever. He's he, gay. He might be just extremely feminine, but that's neither here nor there. I don't know what you do with people that are slow and problematic. I do. What <laughs> you can continue your sentiments. I don't know. That's all I was gonna say. We wait. <laughs> wait on. I mean, I hate that waiting means that he gonna rape somebody and have a case, Jesus. but that's what's happened now. Yeah, well yeah. What still... happens with people that are not sharp are that they expose their dullness at some point. Okay? <laughs> so Kodak Black, what's gonna happen is he's not gonna read something appropriately like he's supposed to <laughs> like he did in this situation it's different when you when you tweet but he didn't he didn't appropriately read the signs of this girl in uh south carolina no he did that not. he is now under rateful so something yes. is going to happen like natural selection will get rid of the kodak blacks we just <laughs> wait we can't do anything with that people with those people uh the problem then becomes how do we manage all of the damage they do before that happens? Because Kodak Black got a following. He does. Of and regular people and I'm sure slow people. There were people that were taking up here saying, y'all taking it too far. He do, he was just saying he'll be there for her and all of this shit. So yes, he does have a Listen, following. I'm not convinced that they're not all slow. The thing is that words matter. They do. And even if I, if I say some off-putting offensive shit to my friends, they have the right to say that shit was out of line. Yeah. You know, and that's amongst friends. So he was talking amongst friends. So maybe his friends can accept that dialogue. They couldn't because they told him he was wrong. 
his friends yeah the reason why he was like no no what a, i ain't i ain't trying to shoot my shot he i mean they was like no man no and he was like no no listen let me say you let me explain <laughs> so no they weren't with it either well either way if his friends ain't with it why the fuck you expect anybody else in america to be with it true so but he's supposed is, to get that criticism it's another example like with the kids in hoover them kids saying all of that problematic shit <laughs> when one of the kids was recording you see your friend recording you stop talking i don't think they saw that kid recording they did because they were like are you still recording he was like yeah they were like, <laughs> and kept on saying stupid shit. i don't know man they do he was recording either way um i don't know the mechanism by which kodak black becomes popular like this i don't either because i i just that's like, what i'm missing <sighs> I don't know his road to fame. Was it SoundCloud or was he signed by somebody or was know. it just like YouTube video? I hate his voice. I just don't. I don't think there's any other rapper that is out right now whose voice is like nails on a chalkboard to me. I do not understand how anybody can like listen to an entire album of his and just be cool with it. That fucking voice the nasalness or like i don't even know why he's his voice i don't know if he's you know forever congested i don't i don't know but maybe he broke his nose a couple of times or something maybe something my problem on. is how he talked like how he talked like the words he uses <laughs> and how he says them like the game came for him and he said he told the game basically in his response um you can't tell me none because you used to strip you used to uh, shake your booty on strip poles. Not stripper <laughs> poles, but on strip poles. So I'm like, you ain't even using the right goddamn tense. Because he doesn't know how. That, and that's what I'm saying. We just wait. He going to go down for this rape case, I imagine. I, I, and yeah. he going to disappear. I hate that to be the case, but. Do you? I don't hate it. Oh, I hate it for his because victim. Because somebody got raped. Yeah, I hate it for the victim. I, take I don't want to. Yes. Nobody should get raped. True. Even if it'll save the world. <laughs> I mean, goddamn. <laughs> I don't know under what context somebody get raped. Like, I guess if somebody got like a detonator for a bomb that can destroy the world, would be like, if you let me have sex with you against your will, <laughs> I won't match the button. I won't match this button. <laughs> So I don't know when that situation would come up, but like I don't want nobody to get raped no, for, yeah, for a, some kind of outcome that I think is decent. It's but terrible. the reality is there are rapists out here, and there are people who don't understand social norms and social dynamics <laughs> who gonna do shit. And when they happen to be slow and they do that shit, they gonna pay the price and they are gonna be taken out of our way. And Kodak Black is like the slowest rapper right now. That's that's as mainstream as he Jesus. is. Don't get me wrong; it's a lot of slow rappers. It is. I don't understand but a lot of them. Kodak Black. He's another level of slow. <sighs> He's like slow, like when you can uh, the setting on your on your some TVs or DVD players, <laughs> where you can slow down that shit to two times slow motion. This is like eight. It's crawling. Uh, Old Town Road is amazing. AC Blow doesn't like it. He he doesn't like the song. He was like, it's simple. It is simple. That's what's beautiful about it. I. I honestly can't even I t I've said this last week I don't know why I like the fucking song so much but I do it's an amazing song it you if you listen to it once the whole rest of the day you gonna be can't nobody tell me nothing <laughs> like it just sticks with you it's it's insane I don't I don't understand it but it's amazing and 
it isn't quite country music we did talk about that i don't give a fuck though <laughs> don't care doesn't matter to me there is as much beauty in simplicity as there is in, in complexity sometimes you know like a nice piece of grilled salmon that's seasoned just right is, is great sometimes but sometimes a piece of salmon with fucking fennel leaves and scallions <laughs> and an avocado sauce reduction with hollandaise overtone sometimes that shit just too much sometimes you just need a regular old piece of salmon yeah and you know what old time roll was just a regular old piece of salmon that was pretty good yeah but you know, some people like they salmon complex. <laughs> some people can't eat it simple, and I, you know, but and and, and AC blows a hip hop head, so he is. there there has to be a, a large range of shit that exists that's re, 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 far too simple for him. Yeah, um, because I don't even know why I like it. It's, I think I like I like it because I, a big part of it is for the culture. Yeah, like uh, like Tag said, the mu- country music establishment is mad about this situation i'm here for that like i feel like a part of this is like support for him is is helpful but i was reading an article about him and he, this like like he's had a mass twitter following for some time mm-hmm. like five hundred thousand follower type situation uh as a stand for beyonce oh yeah. not beyonce Nicki minaj Nicki minaj not beyonce yeah. you're right um and i was like dang and I mean, this came to about because of like more in the mean world, TikTok app. So I don't know. It's, it's you know these days, and I imagine that's maybe complicated for hip hop heads. Maybe AC Blow can weigh in on that. But the way that artists come to be artists today is so different than how they used Vastly to. Different. Are all of the measures by which they become artists acceptable? Like, is an artist that become popular through SoundCloud and get their own following before they get signed, like Scissor, like, is that acceptable? Um, and is it based on how they get there or is it based on the quality of the music they put out? Because the country music, people were trying to say that, you know, you didn't go through the proper channel, so your music is not valid with us. So I wonder how hip hop heads look at that, like how they come into the game. I, I mean, Nipsey Hussle to, was independent. Yeah, they're gonna have to wait till he does a follow up, if he even does one. Is he planning on like? I mean, was this a one off or is this something he plans to pursue? I don't I know. No telling. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is fucking amazing. I, again, I don't know how anybody could not like bohemian rhapsody i don't know how you can sit through that whole long ass song because it's a long song compared to like what a regular song is and not find some part in that song that speaks to you because it goes through so many different levels mm-hmm. throughout the song it's an amazing song it is and i still maintain that andrew caldwell is gay all right and nobody's gonna be able to tell me different <laughs> so thank you tag <laughs> appreciate that. you tag so next we have Colin, episode 179. What up, y'all? First, you're right, Mr. On Point. I will tell you, laugh out loud. Eric Holder was the U.S. Attorney General during the Obama administration. Second to Red, and I'm sorry for nerding out, y'all, about the defense attorney thing. Yes and no. Oh, because I said I couldn't be a defense attorney because you have to 
you know defend your client and get some bullshit uh, unfortunately we all know the horrors of our justice system in which some people would refer to as an injustice system this is what makes defense attorneys important and it wasn't until i spent time in the military as an attorney until i realized how important defense attorneys really are for one yes someone like r kelly if the evidence is there should go to jail period your job as a defense attorney in a case like that has a handful of duties that i think are ethically and morally right um Number one, make sure that the government prosecution does not go overboard with the case and sentence. And the sentence, even if your client is guilty, should fit the crimes. Two, make sure that any mitigating circumstances are presented in order to mitigate sentencing for crimes like murder, etc. Heat of passion defenses, etc. can explain why someone committed a crime and can reduce the sentence to something appropriate. Past behavior, etc., uh, etc. Et That's sometimes all there is to it still i saw so many cases where things went sideways where a good criminal defense attorney is something that is needed for example a white military officer who did cocaine was returned to duty with a slap on the wrist and a write-up while the same commander wanted to convene a full-blown court-martial for a latino junior enlisted soldier who tested positive for marijuana yes they're both schedule one controlled substances and against the law in the military but you see what i'm what i'm trying to say I'll write again some more uh, as I keep listening. Work slow today. Laugh out loud. Love laughing my ass off. <laughs> Colin. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Um, I get that. I guess that my focus or, or what I said that is on people that I get that you still, even when somebody's guilty, that they, they deserve fairness and the sentencing, they deserve um, fairness in what the prosecution does. So I get that. But I just, I, I just don't know that I could, I could defend someone that I knew was guilty of something serious. Like a drug charge, I feel like would be different than child molestation or murder or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like rape those crimes it would just be really difficult for me which is why i'm not a lawyer i mean that's you know that wasn't my path the way i look at lawyers is that the personality of lawyers they especially when it's when they in court a lot they i think their personality type values the game the game the gamification of the system mm -hmm. i think it's more like chess I think they're playing their opponent. I think they're uh, adopting to the rules that sometimes shift based on whatever judge you have. Like, I think that their personality is the type that don't look at that client as necessarily through the lens of what they've done. Mm -hmm. I think they look at them in the, in the sense of what does the law say about what they did and what does, if they did it, what is the max they can have and what is the minimum they can have because i do like i imagine lawyers be like i know he got a minimum but i also imagine that same lawyer if they could win a case and get their client off would yeah would get their client off i mean the reality is when a lawyer when one lawyer is bad and they mess up they should have did better they just should have did better that's the situation with oj yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> like it's like at some point we have a system that is designed to help us figure out how we're going to incarcerate people and that system need to be allocated equally across across the board so people who done stuff and have to have a defense attorney you know if somebody mess up they should be free too 
the defense attorney for Nipsey Hussle's um, Eric Holder, we made a mistake. It was not the the lawyer that defended OJ. It was a prosecuting lawyer for in the OJ case. Mm. Um, we had we were saying that it was a person that was the, one of the defending lawyer, and it wasn't. It was a prosecuting lawyer, which is. Uh, I mean, it's a. This is a bit of a change from going to prosecute OJ to saying, yeah, you know, defending Eric Holder. So that's an interesting dynamic shift. But um, thank you, as always, Colin, for that because you know my perspective is always based on me and the way that I think. And so hearing somebody who isn't a lawyer who understands the law much more than I do. <laughs> Um, is always helpful and I appreciate that perspective because um, that makes sense I guess like I said I'm so focused on the ones that are like obviously fucking guilty or some really horrendous shit and you still have to defend that person because it's your job that just would be really difficult for me well well, how do you feel about that in the context of a client that you would get that you come to find out did some horrendous shit now I don't. I mean, and does it make a difference if you knew that before you took the client? I mean, versus if you took the client, built a relationship with them, and then found out. I had a client who uh, was. Uh, so first of all, let me just say, I work very closely with DHR. Most of my clients have done horrendous shit. Okay, um, well, not horrendous. A lot of it is neglect. But I have had clients that have killed their kids and went on to have more kids, and so that's how dhr got involved so i've had to deal with that um and it, it you know it's it's not easy but one of them had served like she she had served some serious time behind what she did um and you know the whole reason why like i said dhr was involved this time was because of her past and she she had another kid um and I mean, I just, you know, I, I had to look at that particular situation like, okay, you know, she, she did this shit, but she, she served her time. And, um, you know, we talked about what was going on during that time and, and all of that. So, you know, I guess that part of therapy where you're not in to stand in judgment of your clients for shit um, kicks in. And I guess because I'm not, I'm not defending them against the charges or whatever it is that they've done. As a therapist, whatever issues they're having, that's what my goal is. It's not on what they've done, as opposed to if I was their lawyer having to defend shit they did. Because most of the folks I got, like I said, is we, you know, largely, I got a lot of DHR referrals. So these are people that have lost custody for varying reasons. From little small stuff like you know sending the kids to school dirty to big stuff like the murder of a child. So I mean I've all along that continuum dealt with people. So I guess for me that's different because it isn't. I'm not defending what they did. I don't have to defend what they did. So the variable ain't necessarily that the person did something. I mean you can deal with a person that's done something you just don't want to be a part of the process that the determines defense, yeah whether what consequences they should get from what they did yes uh and in the event that you know that they did something you wouldn't necessarily be able to participate in trying to keep them from the consequences of that yeah which is why i'm not a lawyer you know um 
like I said, in therapy, I'm I'm there for whatever issue has presented itself. And so all of the other things, I mean, obviously they may be contributing to what the issue is, but it isn't something that I, I'm defending them against, right? It's just another piece of the puzzle of, of what we need to do in order to get them where they want to be. So don't necessarily have to look at it from the perspective of like right or wrong, like I would, or I, I like, a, you know, I wouldn't have to, but I would feel, you know, like that if I was a lawyer, which is why I'm not a lawyer, you know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I just, th- I think that's a part of their personality. Uh, it's supposed to come with like professions draw in people that have these particular type of personality traits you know mm-hmm. doctors have certain type of trait uh, and then surgeons have certain type of traits uh even in the doctor field different groups have different type of traits but with lawyers and clearly you got different groups of lawyers but i think that's how they can operate in that system without looking at it through the lens of that because like like colin said he referred referred to it as an injustice system Mm -hmm. so imagine how many times and how many case studies that they've read of the law getting it wrong to the point that they feel like it's important for somebody who is accused of doing wrong to have proper defense Mm -hmm. because look at america if if black man um didn't have even a slight level of defense they would get vastly, vastly harsher sentences than their white counterparts. Yep. And so somebody to be there to hold that system accountable and say, no, this can't happen like this, at least not to this degree, because white counterparts still have a yeah, better I was time in the say, process it still than their brown counterpart. Just not as but bad imagine how it bad it would be, be yeah. if it was like if nobody could really work with people who they know did crime. And then in reality, I don't think lawyers can ever operate on the idea that they know until they've been like exclusively told yeah i did this Mm -hmm. you know and i imagine every client don't say yeah i did it i imagine a lot of clients still say i didn't do that shit, even if they did yeah you know we hear on tv we see on tv with lawyers a lot of the times where like they like the the client told them what exactly what they did and they say okay this is the plan from here i doubt that's the reality most of the time like because how trusting will a black person be of a white person that's already part of a system that they don't trust believe in them when they say tell me if you're guilty or not i'm gonna i'm gonna do right by that information they won't even tell they got their mama shit <laughs> and i'm paying you to tell you shit that i swore to myself i wasn't gonna tell nobody <laughs> for a good outcome like I, it's, it's it's real big so i don't so a lawyer in that case just gotta have to go with their client what they client say if they client say i didn't do it they gonna that's the defense they're gonna make yeah but I guess they're going to get ripped to shreds if they actually did do it and got enough evidence for it. But been watching forensic files the last few weeks. And, yeah, that forensic shit gets you. <laughs> um, Colin also, so as he listens, he sends in. So he sent in another one that said, uh, laugh out loud. So that one is always funny, but there's, uh, oh, baby months is what it was called, titled. Um, so that one is always funny, but there's actually a medical science reason why people say the months. Doctors, pediatricians primarily use it because between zero to 24 months, there are key developmental milestones that babies achieve that can occur on a monthly or even weekly basis. That doesn't explain why people use it colloquially, um, but I remember learning about it and was like, oh, okay. I'm still not saying it though, laugh out loud. If I have a baby and he or she is almost two, I'm gonna tell motherfuckers that he, she is almost two. Yes. Like I said, if y'all hear me, saying you know my kid is four to eight months or some shit call me out 
Call me the fuck out. I'm telling you right now because I'm not doing this shit. It's stupid. I hate when people. I gotta do math now to figure out how fucking old your kid is. Just has he one, two, three? How old is she? Stop with the. I don't want to have to do I'm okay. math. I'm okay with them telling me that. I hate it. It's stupid. <laughs> because I didn't give a damn when I asked the question. No goddamn way. <laughs> give a fuck what you say. God damn it. <laughs> they gonna be like, be like, how old is he? I'm trying to be courteous and nice. Because, you know, people get offended when you see them and be like, what's up, my boy? And be like, oh, you're not going to acknowledge my child right here, okay. nigga? Okay, okay goddamn. <laughs> so I know social etiquette. I do, okay? <laughs> I don't always follow it, though, because it's balances that work out. See, I know social etiquette. You introduce yourself to people you don't know, and you with somebody, you introduce yourself to them. But, you know, yes. some dudes be territorial about their women, man. I don't even give they women eye contact. To look yeah. at them and, be, and, and and greet. I don't do that because, you know, niggas crazy sometimes. They and are. so uh, people be getting offended when you don't acknowledge their baby. So I, I say shit like, oh, how old is he? Knowing you don't give a damn. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if they say, I don't give a fuck if they say months. I don't give a fuck if they say years. I don't care if they say purple. <laughs> be like, oh, damn, that's I didn't know that was a number now. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> I don't care. Jesus. So... Thank you. And you know what? If I ever have kids, I'm going to just say whatever likely the doctor told me most recently. <laughs> if the doctor be like, all right, that's your 18 weeks checkup, I'm going to be like, oh, okay. When somebody asks me how old he is, I'm going to be like, 18 weeks. <laughs> As of Tuesday. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> because the doctor said that shit. And that's what's fresh on my mind. <laughs> what I'm going to be like, not quite half a year yet. <laughs> but close who right over the six month a little bit mark like i mean i don't give a fuck it's hilarious and sad thank you so much colin for that um before we jump into the next part i just wanted to talk about something that happened that i feel like so i feel like men feel like women they can't compliment women like you compliment women and they get like an attitude with you and I had an experience where somebody complimented me, but it was what he said in the way that he did it that wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't make me feel no kind of way. I didn't have to, like, I was just like, oh, thank you. Like, and that was it. But so what I think it is, is what is, it's the way niggas go about shit, right? He ain't come up to me and be like, hey, shout it. You know what I'm saying? That kind of shit. That will get an attitude from me. <laughs> it will. But I walked into Publix and I had on heels. I don't wear heels often. I don't even know why because I buy them so obviously I plan on wearing them because I wouldn't purchase them but I haven't been wearing them so one day this week I don't remember the day it was I decided to go ahead and wear a pair of heels now you're a man so you probably don't understand this but if you wear heels your walk changes no fucking way for it not to like, well, of course, because you're essentially walking on your fucking tiptoes. Well, but... And your tiptoe, when you walk on your tiptoes, it flex your calf muscle. <laughs> and when you flex your calf, calf muscle, it put more work on your glutes. It so does. when you're walking and your ass change, it changes. You, your walk changes. You, you got to be more intent on walking. You do. Because you walking on fucking sticks. <laughs> you know that, right? Why you that? are walking on sticks. I, mine were thick. The, the heel was a little... I can't do stick heels no more. My ankles is bad. I'm <laughs> old. I used to do stick heels. I don't really have too many stick heels now because my ankles is bad. But, yeah, you're right. So, all of those things is what leads to you walking a little bit differently. And you just feel, I don't know, I felt good. It was a good day. I was in a good mood, which is, doesn't happen often. <laughs> and 
I was just mine. You know, I went in there to see what buy one get one free things they had, and so. I ended up in line behind this guy, a soldier, who turned around and he was like, I just, you know, I just got to tell you, you got a mean walk. Like, when you came in here, it was like you owned the whole place. Like, I just felt like I needed to stay. And it was just, that was all he said. And I was just like, oh, that was nice. Right? So, I don't think it's that women don't, you know, you can't say nothing to women or you can't. um, I do. Huh? I do. Why? Keep going. (sighs) I don't think it's that you can't say anything. I just think that some the way that some niggas go about shit. Cause I it, that same day, <laughs> I had somebody else say some shit that I was like, nigga, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to get in and get out. I don't need this shit. I don't need this shit. So it very much has something to do with the way that it was done. Cause that, I just was like, oh, like I wasn't. Didn't make me feel no kind of way. It wasn't creepy. It was none of those things that it sometimes feels like. <laughs> That's why I'm on. I'm going to tell you a word that is represented in this situation, and that is nuance. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which means there are layers to this shit and how it works. Now, when dudes say you can't compliment women these days, what that means <laughs> is they want a woman to smile and say, "Thank you." Here's my phone number. Maybe you can come get some later that's what men when men say you can't compliment a woman no more that's because that shit ain't happening you know um i have to inform you men that the reason that it's become much harder to compliment women is because there is a small subset of men who scared of ever living shit out of women when they say something that is not to the affirmative or something that that man don't want to hear yep and you are paying the price if you are a decent dude for those men and women should protect themselves like they don't know if you crazy or if you not you know we all know where a guy be like hey girl how you doing you fine let me get your number and she be like uh no thank you he'd be like bitch you was ugly anyway <laughs> which and i then, never understood then follow behind her for 20 minutes and then she'd be like oh my god i'm dying today yep i'm finna die so it condition is condition women to be hyper vigilant when it comes to that. Now, this is where the nuance comes in. At um, I'm not inclined to believe if somebody that looked similar to the Jamaican said the same thing that it would be as easy for you to digest it <laughs> as what I imagine this has to have been attractive. Soldier was. You don't talk too long. Don't think yourself <laughs> out of what I'm saying. He was at least attractive enough attractive. for you to say, "Ooh, see there." He was so attractive. He was an like attractive guy. I, a part of a big part of that though is women want to be courted and approached by people they want to be courted and approached by. I think that's everybody, isn't it? I know it's everybody, <laughs> but we can't just say that it's about how you say it because even the dude that came in there looking like fat Albert wobbling side to side saying hey girl them heels you got on oh we you own the whole Publix you gonna look at him and be like okay you know what I'm saying you ain't gonna respond to him the same way you did the soldier that's attractive and so yes how you say it is definitely at the top of the hierarchy under how you say it is how aesthetically pleasing you are to me in that situation because 
it's much more easy to accept it to something from somebody you want it to be accepted from versus somebody you don't. Yeah. And then when you add the component, because if you compare this thing between men and women, men have no risk and nothing to lose if a woman comes up and says that to him, whether yeah. they're ugly or attractive. Women in the event, whether they're ugly or attractive, do have to worry about that man being particularly aggressive. Yeah. You he, know? That's the, he, so even after that, it wasn't a, and I, I mean I'm in line behind him, so it, like he said it, knowing that we still got to be standing here after he said this shit. Could have went bad, could have went good. He didn't know. He did it like it. What he didn't make it weird. I didn't feel creeped out. He told me that he was like, you know, you're beautiful, of course, but your walk just mean. And that was it. He paid for his shit. He told me to have a good day. He didn't like wait for me outside the door for me to come out and continue. Like he didn't do any of that shit. It was just a nice interaction that I was like, okay. But a bigger, I think a bigger part of this dynamic is that how he went about it. He he did seem to create a safe environment for you for him to say those things. Yes. Because of how he said it, because of where it was clearly how he said it didn't implicate that he wanted anything more from you yep. uh, and versus you know when dudes seemingly trying to get more from you with, with that dialogue yeah. so there's more nuance to this than just how he said well it. but i mean i obviously i can't give every little nuance to every little situation but i do want to say that it does matter how you say shit like that's because what I'm saying. again that same day <laughs> and somebody else he said like Tell, that. He asked, told me he like how my ass move. What kind of shit? What am I supposed to say to that? Like that's creep. That right there. Now, now, what am I supposed to say? Like, thank you. Yeah, why not? That's weird. But it's the if it's the truth, I guess. But you, <laughs> there are better ways. Because the, the soldier might have liked how my ass is moving too, but he didn't say that shit. He gave me a compliment that could have incorporated that that might be why my mean my walk was mean i don't know but he didn't do it in a creepy man because like after that dude said that now i'm like this is weird and i i hope he doesn't follow me <laughs> through this fucking store of course man it's about how you say the shit but that ain't the only variable. It's not the only That's variable. That's not the only piece of the But I just want to say for men who might be out here saying dumb shit or not. Like, just get, you You don't have to get all vulgar with shit. But like, they don't know they're necessary. saying dumb shit, though. Well. They don't know they're saying dumb shit. If they, if men knew that the shit they were saying didn't work, they wouldn't be saying it. The reality is but men uh -uh, think that no, shit no, worked. No, 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 Because I, the, the same way with niggas that be like, well, fuck you then, bitch, you want for they know that they still do that they don't stop doing that once they see it didn't get a good response or they don't stop like approaching people creepily when they see they blame the girl no, like it's your i fault. didn't say i didn't say that they're going to change their behavior if they don't get results <laughs> i said they're going to do the same shit because they believe it works <laughs> but if you ain't got no evidence that it's worked if everybody if you all it always if that was the case it wouldn't be no niggas out here following dr cb <laughs> Hell, it wouldn't be niggas out here talking about flat earthers. It wouldn't be anti-vaxxers out here. The reality is a lot of people don't need evidence and don't need research. They just gonna go off of what their uncles told them because their uncles was having sex with a lot of women. What they don't know is that half of them women had cl cl uh, chlamydia, gonorrhea, herpes, some kind of hepatitis, kids that been removed by the state that's in the custody of somebody else like damn unk, every time i see you you with a different woman 
Yeah, boy, you know these women, boy, you got to tell them, you got to talk to them the right way, man. You got to let them know, <laughs> you know, you got to be assertive, man. You got to tell them that you here. Make sure you put your foot down. And they go out here with that energy, and when it don't work, they don't be like, I'm the problem. They be like, the bitch the problem. <laughs> she the problem. Why do I have to be more intent? They won't say that. No. They won't say it like that. No. About what I say and how I say it. She crazy. <laughs> she got a problem. She don't know a good man when she see oh, one. Oh, Jesus. You crazy, man. Yeah. You're crazy. You're not a good man is subjective in this situation. But yeah, I just that it was a nice experience. It didn't get weird. It was he just again, the way that he did it with the where he chose to do it at, how he did it, and the fact that he just let it ride at the end was nice. I went bopping out to my car with a smile on my but face. But he had he had all of the setup to be able to do it for your for you to get that input. Because if it was a dude that looked like a crackhead, you wouldn't have that smile going to a car. Well if it was a dude who looked like Candyman, <laughs> you wouldn't have no smile coming to the car. It was a certain type of dude that gave you the opportunity to go to the car with that smile because of because the ideal environment was set up for you to be able to take that shit. Okay, you was in public, it was a safe place, it yes. was in the public. In he was attractive and he was a soldier, he so was. you at he least know he got some kind of core BB I don't don't let me not the fatigues. So he got some kind of core of moral or ethical foundation or at least he can't be out here having too many shenanigans out in the middle of Publix. <laughs> you know? Uh he said what he said, it was respectful, which he played his role appropriately to create that environment and he didn't portray it in a way that he seemed to want something from you. Yeah. He created a perfect environment. Yeah. Ain't no other man finna do that. <laughs> that not going that's not gonna happen enough. I know. That's the fucked up thing. That's why you I know enjoyed what? it so much because I know that this gonna have to probably last me the whole rest of the goddamn year. And let me tell you about let me tell you about me. I can't do that. Why can't you do that? I can't do that. Why? Because one, anytime I'm out in public, one, I'm some level of ashy somewhere. Okay? <laughs> Let's just go on ahead and start with that shit. Let me just be real. <laughs> Between lotion my up, fingers, nigga, lotion. I man, I go to the store for a purpose. You can put lotion quit acting on. like you ain't ever been to the store in some jogging pants and be like, I ain't dressed to be approached. Like you came to the store to achieve a purpose. Yeah. You ain't dressed up every time. So Niggas most of the time, I'm I'm asking something. Okay, if it's summertime, I got on some shorts. My legs ain't always lotioned up. That's one thing. Look, I'm just being vulnerable, man. I'm telling y'all, I got flaws. <laughs> You know what I'm gonna have one day as a woman, I guess that tell me put on some goddamn lotion, boy. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, all right. And I'm gonna do it because it should be done. I just don't always do it. So one, I'm ashy. Now, okay. let's say I'm not ashy. Okay. I just got on pop culture shirt and some jeans. So to 75% of the women that bitch, I'm just a child. <laughs> you know women look at motherfuckers that look what like they call all marvel shit cartoons and dc shit cartoons and anime cartoons like that's what that is so the 75 percent of women i think it's a high rate i think it's a high rate i think most women tolerate games uh 25 percent of women hate games and 15 percent of women uh they love games and then it's 10 percent who yeah they you know Pin on the day. I've complimented men on their t-shirts before if it has some pop culture shit on you it. You have you in the 15%. <laughs> 
But if I'm in Walmart, Walmart got too many hood rats for them to really yeah, value yeah, games. Right. Okay? Yeah. They would rather a man go and drink a scotch and come home and hit him a couple of times <laughs> so they can say, but he loved me. If he if your man ain't hitting you, how you know he love you? I got a story for that. Go on, but cause that pissed me off this week too. But go ahead. Okay, so now I got on a Marvel t-shirt. Okay, let's say I get past them two barriers. I ain't ashy. I ain't got on a Marvel t-shirt. I'm got on a little button up. Okay. Uh, I'm bald headed. Okay. He was bald. Listen, listen. <laughs> you see my hair right now? I got like my bald spot is showing. <laughs> like it's different if I've shaved recently, right? But I ain't been nowhere this weekend. I've let my hair just go because I've been on the grill smoking food and just chilling. So now I got to have this shit like legit clean. All right. In order for all this shit to go together. Okay, I'm not ashy. I don't have on my, my, my cartoon t-shirt and my bald head is smooth. Okay? <laughs> now, in my beard, I got two gray hairs. All right? Yeah. That cut off an age demographic. When they see them gray hairs. I don't think so. I think so. I don't think so. Because, like, I had a conversation. Who was I talking to about this? It might have been Shogun. Women like salt and pepper. Like, it's not the same thing for, like, men to women seeing a woman with gray hairs like it's not the same thing i don't think that that is as big of a deal as you think it might be i just don't okay that's but you know in, in the term of an extreme dialogue yes. i'm just paying like and then i'm overweight i'm a big guy but you look thought so, you don't look like you look solid you just look solid okay i'm a solid <laughs> <laughs> I am not a gas or a liquid. <laughs> okay, so I'm just painting the complexity by which it's a lot of shit I gotta overcome. But this is a nigga in uniform. He was bald. Of course he was bald. No, no, no. Like bald, it was smooth ball. Yeah, it was smooth. Uh, okay, bald. he he met that standard. Not like you know they have to have low cuts. It wasn't that he bald. He probably bald. had a voice you like too, didn't he? Not really. It he wasn't. Did? No. Was it like a like a tiny voice? Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't Kodak Black, but it wasn't like deep either. I got you. Yeah, the glasses on, which I don't really care about glasses. But like he, he just. He created that environment. He did. And. It was cool. It was nice. And again, I'm gonna have to hold on to that <laughs> for a while because who the fuck knows when that's gonna happen again? And had he asked me for my phone number, I would have gave it to him. He didn't ask. <clears throat> I would have given it to him because he was respectful. He didn't make me feel weird. <laughs> I wasn't creeped out. I didn't feel like, oh, Jesus, is he going to follow me home? Like, none of those things. So, you know. Yeah. What I was going to say about the bitches that love niggas that beat bitches' asses. Two things that happened this week. One, I went to a home visit with a client who... I really had I, I don't very often almost cuss people out at work <laughs> this was one of those situations where I was almost like bitch what the fuck I asked her when was the last time she talked to her child's father and she was like he called this morning acting crazy talking about he gonna kill me cause he think I'm with somebody he 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 laughing bitch that ain't funny do you know murder suicides happen in Birmingham that shit happens he telling you that he's going to fucking kill you and you laughing and think it's cute. He jealous. If he come over here and kill you while I'm here and I die, we scrapping our our souls <laughs> are scrapping. What the fuck? 
the mentality that some of these women have and i know it is born from you know all of these cycles within families but just the fact that you really think that a nigga that loves you or he gonna you know he jealous because he he want to beat my ass and that's a, a desirable trait is insane to me like she really saw that i'm not bitch that ain't what are you crazy <laughs> he said that shit to you this morning you let my black ass come over here and shit this nigga show up is gonna be a problem <laughs> the fuck like <sighs> she just was like oh yeah he said he gonna kill me i ain't even really talking to nobody but that's what he get for not doing what he needs to do okay you gonna meet jamaica like when niggas say they'll kill you now that shit they mean that shit that isn't these are not idle threats <laughs> okay and this nigga owns um synthetic marijuana so like i don't even know if he in his right goddamn mind or not like you really out here fucking up i think they are idle threats most of the time i don't want to find out yeah i know but <laughs> that's the idea that reinforces to a woman like her that she can say it and be relatively comfortable in the fact that he ain't gonna do anything mm-hmm. because a lot of men don't do it uh, I mean, they do get aggressive and violent, but yeah. they don't kill. I, so, like, those women have come to value that kind of thing. I never, ever had a man tell me that. Tell you what? That he was going to kill me because he was mad at me. And I say, I say all kind of shit. That's because you got to be a certain level of crazy to unlock new dialogue. It's like fallout. <laughs> like, you got to get to a new level to unlock new dialogue in your relationship. You never going to hear somebody <laughs> say something crazy until you unlock that shit. Like... <laughs> At the bottom of Xbox, at the bottom of your life, it's like a bullshit achievement. You have unlocked violent action towards you from mm-hmm. your mate because you just you did some crazy shit. Mm-mm. You gave a dude a hand job in the Sonics parking lot, and you know, and that's what happens. He found out about it, and now you've unlocked a new level of bullshit in your relationship. You unlocked violence. Oh my god! <laughs> and he get to choose from his skill tree. Hmm, do I want to be violent to this bitch? Do I want to leave her? <laughs> do I want to just fuck bitches and take her money? Hmm, damn, the options are all equally as damn. I just go, I'm just gonna fuck other bitches and take them, take her money. So I ain't gonna say shit. I'm gonna be like, it's all right, baby. You know I love you. Give me your wallet. Oh my god. What? So that happened. Okay. Then I have a class that I have to teach with parolees, which I fucking hate doing. The reason why I hate doing this shit is because it is usually with the younger, the younger parolees. It's usually not like the old heads. It usually ain't like them, them older guys. It's usually the younger, the younger guys within the class that always got some slick shit to say. Or like if I walk in and I see a lot of young faces, I'm like, fuck, this ain't gonna go well. And I'm already a female walking into a room with 20 to 30 men who just got out of prison, okay? And while I might not be everybody's cup of tea, I really feel like the only thing that they need is a vagina. It don't even matter what you look like, okay? I'm not even, it's not even flattering. It's just, you feel uncomfortable because everywhere you walk, every move you make, they just staring and shit. Just, just, it's really uncomfortable. I was talking to them about relation communication in relationships because the first thing they fucking do when they get out go find bitches okay that's what they do so one of the young guys in the back um 
when I was talking about how oh I was I always tell them I tell any man this listen any woman that you are with who is putting her hands on you is somebody that you don't need to be with because the the moment you put your hands on her it's gonna be a fucking issue right so she should not be putting you in a position where you could potentially get locked up behind some shit so that that you have to have a common sense to those are not situations you need to be a part of right don't be with them kind of bitches so one of the little young dudes in the back was like well sometimes you gotta beat these bitches ass to get your point across you know what i'm saying like sometimes you just gotta put your hands on her and i was like what he was like yeah i said what's your name and he told me i said okay well i won't see you again because you're gonna get locked back up on some dv shit what the fuck is you talk like dead ass serious so then we continue on and the same guy which the parole officer finally came in and took his little ass out was like you look like you got a small mouth on you too bitch you have no fucking idea i can assure you this is nothing like anything that you've dealt with before in your life but the parole officer came in finally took his fucking ass. and the thing is i had to request that shit they had me in there by my fucking self with these niggas like if y'all don't send somebody in here like no this is not okay like no Mm-mm. need somebody in the room with a gun please you think that dude cares that your mouth ain't like nothing he ever dealt with i don't care i did doesn't care you whether don't have he to care or not you don't have to care to get them chokes <laughs> <laughs> think that man ain't gonna put it that's already his philosophy because as soon as you say something too smart he gonna give you a ring right around your goddamn eye <laughs> which is why i don't fool with niggas like that but they finally took him out but it's just like that's the kind of shit that because if i was a man going in there and because if you you as a therapist went in and talk about the same thing that i talk about you have not have to deal with none of this shit i have a whole different angle what was your angle be if he said sometimes you got to put your hands on women i'd be like they don't say women (laughs) bitches i'm gonna say i'm gonna reframe that i'm gonna say Sir, you can't put your hand on women <laughs> because you already been a part of this white man system trying oh, to hold you down. Jesus. Did you know that if you get a domestic <laughs> violence charge, you lose your right to bear arms? And that's assuming that you don't already have a felony. But if you don't have a felony of a certain level, you can have your rights reinstated. But you really, you're willing to let that man get a hold on you from that system by, because a woman mouth was smart? Boy, you need to get your brain in a place where you don't sit under this system of oppression consistently. You gonna Malcolm Hell yeah, that's what they mean. Fuck you mean, they been in there with the Nation of Islam for the last (laughs) goddamn five years. That's how they respond. Them Nation of Islam cats done saved their life a couple of times. They gonna hear that and they gonna be like, that's a smart brother right there. And it ain't even gonna be him. He gonna be like, yeah, that's bullshit. But the other cats around here gonna say, boy, that boy told you some good shit, boy. <laughs> that's why your young ass gonna be back up in here dead because you mess with these women, putting your hands on them. These you old need to listen men. to that boy. Yeah. The, uh, like, it was an older guy sitting up front. Like, he kept asking questions, appropriate questions. It was fine. I have no problem with the older guy, but them young fucking cats that come in now, they so fucking disrespectful and say shit and expect you to, like, bitch, listen okay i don't have to be here <laughs> i don't even want to fucking be here to be honest with you this is some shit i'm being made to do i'm just gonna be real because it's uncomfortable and i used to have my co-worker go who's a little white girl and 
she used to be like, oh, I got to make sure that I dress, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you can put on a nun's fucking habit. It don't goddamn matter. It don't matter what you have on because for them, you are a walking vagina. So the vagina's there. They know it. Whether they can see it or not, don't fucking matter. She always trying to, you know, plan out outfits that aren't going to be drawing. It, to, it don't fucking matter. You in a room with 30 niggas fresh out. You the only female in the room. They don't give a fuck what you got on. It don't matter. Like, like obviously, you don't need to go in there showing cleavage and shit. But, like, I'm not going to put no more effort or thought into my outfit when I go down there than I am any other fucking day. Because it don't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Where they are mentally, it don't fucking matter what you got on. You're going to be treated like a piece of meat. Period. From the time you walk in that door to the time you walk out, they always trying to hold the door open and shit. And it's, just, and it's not just like courteousness. It's not like just the nigga old holding the door open for you like, oh, thank you. It's like this creepy like, oh, yeah, girl, let me get this dough for you. <laughs> it's creepy. I fucking hate going down there. That's like one of the things that I hate the most about my fucking job is having to do that goddamn shit. Them niggas. Oh my god! And the young guys, most of them go come through a couple of times because they're gonna get locked back up because they hadn't learned shit. You can tell by the attitudes that they still have concerning everything. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I don't know why I wanted to share those things, but anyhow. <laughs> need to get out of your system. <laughs> if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is Conversation Call Artist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Call Artist, and send it to us that way. Um, Nipsey Hussle's memorial service was this past week, and there were clips shown of different people uh, speaking. Snoop spoke. Uh, Lauren, of course, had something to say. They let the kids speak. And YG, who's a rapper, if y'all are like me, I don't really know who the fuck he is other than he's a rapper because I don't listen to him. <laughs> but he's a rapper who got up there with DJ Mustard to show their respects. And during his time speaking, he said that, um, you know, we raising some, some really pretty light-skinned babies. And what was the context of him saying that? I think he was talking about her. Um, did he got a? Did she got a daughter with Nipsey? Son, I think. Is it a son? He. It no. was in reference to the kids. Okay. Light skinned daughters. And so, of course, people got upset, colorism and all of that. And so, a lot of people were commenting and saying, if he had said some pretty dark-skinned babies, this wouldn't even be a conversation. You're right. But guess what? He wouldn't have said that. That's what the problem is. I hate that when people do that. Like, it's the same way that if when people say Black Lives Matter and white people come back with All Lives Matter. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Okay? The reason why that's problematic it's because we all know that colorism exists within our community. I don't know why people try to act like that's not the case. And I have no problem with light-skinned women. I have no problem with them at all. But I'm not going to sit up here and act like I haven't had men tell me in the past that I'm pretty for a dark-skinned girl. I've had a nigga say that to me. Or I'm not going to act like that my light-skinned friends weren't deemed to be more dateable when I was in high school than me and some of my dark-skinned friends. Cause that's just what the fuck it was like 
So, you know, the people that were taking up for him and saying, y'all, y'all are colorist yourselves because if he had said something about dark skin, y'all wouldn't even have nothing to say. But again, that's what the issue is. He would never have said that. Yep. Because colorism is real. And it's an issue in our community, man. It's an issue in Hollywood. It is. They just want to cast light-skinned people, even so to the point that they would cast a light-skinned person and paint her face dark, dark, i.e. Uh, Zoe Saldana. Yes, Jesus. For the Nina Simone. Um, and, and it's disrespectful it's, because Nina Simone's platform was one in which she embraced her blackness. And they got a light-skinned person to paint her dark for that role instead of just getting a dark-skinned person. Yep, and that like that's the issue that goes on in our society based around that. But even in the community, I mean, black men have a light. They light skin is fetishized. It is. You know, I mean, I like dark skin, but light skin amongst men is uh, black men is fetishized, and it's not a good look. And it was an unnecessary statement. Just he didn't have to mention the color of their child's skin at all. Like it was so unnecessary. It wasn't appropriate for the venue that it was at. Like, it just was just not some shit he should have said. And apparently he didn't say some other colorist shit before. I don't know the nigga, so I don't know. But people were saying this ain't the first time that he didn't say some shit about light skin and it being more, you know, preferable. And, and you know, it's the opposite. I feel like it's the opposite on, like, women's side. I feel like it goes in and out. <laughs> Right, like I'll be sure had a time where light skinned men were like what women wanted, and then you know Wesley Snipes and some of these other actors, and so it became you know more dark. And it still, I feel like it probably still is leaning more towards darker skinned men than light skinned men on the women's side of things. Um, I mean, look, one of the reasons why I thoroughly enjoyed Black Panther was because almost all them fucking people on that screen look like me. Okay, that cast was some nice chocolate ass people. Beautiful brown, and it, it for the little girl of me that didn't see that shit. You know, for the little girl of me that that grew up where, you know, Whitley on um, name of that fucking show is a different world. Different world was Ooh, like than where you come <laughs> from. Whitley was oh, a song. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sing the whole song. <laughs> Oh, that's all I know. Whitley was sought after. Like, I wasn't going to never look like Whitley. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so Black Panther for me was beautiful because Lupita looks like me. Danae looks like me. Um, the girl that played his sister, I can't think of her. Shuri. Shuri looks like me. In a world where most movies that I go to, they don't look like me. It's going to be somebody that's much lighter. So, you know. I don't know YG, but fuck him, especially if this ain't the first thing. Because it was unnecessary. It was an unnecessary statement. All he had to do was leave the light skin part off of that. Nobody would have had shit to say. But he felt the need to point out beautiful light skin babies. Subconscious. Yeah. He ain't do it on purpose. No, I don't think he He ain't did. got the kind of sense. He's just he's just a hood rapper, so I mean. And he ain't even light skin his goddamn self. What that mean? I'm just saying. I don't know. I guess it means nothing because it don't mean. It's none. just fetishized by black men in general, light skin, dark skin. But 
he's one of those people that you don't go to looking for your social commentary. Oh, hell no. And when he messes up, the expectation was already low anyway. So it's like, what can he do? So be wrong in the moment. That's it. Yeah, fuck him. Speaking of colorism, Lupita Nyong'o has released her own book addressing colorism in the black community. It's called Soul Way. Uh, It translates to star in Kenyan. It's basically a book that's supposed to emphasize how to be comfortable in the skin that you're in. Because the reality is what our society does when they say you're not pretty or you're not acceptable is that we as individuals come to internalize that thing and we start looking at that thing that we have as something that we can't accept because nobody else accepts it. And so I think it is a really good step talking about embracing the skin that you're in. Yeah. Because once you get everybody under you to embrace it, it won't be a generational issue no more. You know? And so I do applaud her for having a book and a platform to do that. Um... I don't know if you remember in 2017, she had her natural hair photoshop. They photoshopped hair into her picture. Yes, I um, remember from that. From her picture where she had no hair. I mean, Hollywood, media, <laughs> magazines, all these different uh, organizations are constantly going to request different you being different. Um, closer towards their norms. And light skin is a part of that. Yeah. It's unfor- and again, I feel like I have to say that I have no problem with light-skinned women. And light-skinned women are beautiful. That's not what the issue is. The issue is that dark-skinned women are made to feel like they are less than instead of you just being who you are and it being okay. Um, speaking of, well, she's not. She's Armenian, but, you know. I think I'm gonna have to just accept that I'm gonna have to end up talking about the Kardashians way more than I want want to. But Kim Kardashian has decided that she's gonna study to become a lawyer and plans to take the bar in 2022. Here's the problem. In an interview where they were talking to Kim about this, she's like, you know, I I would totally go to school, but you know, it just takes so long and it's just, it's so much work. But in California, um, you can apprentice under a lawyer uh, for three years and then you can take the bar and first of all I don't even know why the fuck that is an option in in California that's weird to me secondly I have known people who worked their ass off in undergrad because they were planning on applying to law schools who worked their ass off in law school who, who failed the bar you know a bunch of times and it's expensive to take them shits that test and pass it like that work they ass off so for her to come in here be bopping and shit talking about she's just going i'm just gonna like you know follow some lawyers around and then take the bar it's so disrespectful to like anybody of any color that has ever gone to law school that is a difficult fucking thing to do and i have mad respect for any she ain't even got an undergraduate degree she has no degree whatsoever talking about going and apprenticing under a goddamn lawyer and passing the goddamn bar it's just disrespectful kim kardashian ain't the problem the system is the problem it's the same system that the legal system got to where it's supposed to be a, a, a escape route for or shortcut for the wealthy and the privileged yeah 
otherwise, why would they have a law like this? It makes no sense. But I can assure you, <laughs> if the only thing that Kim Kardashian do is follow a lawyer around, she would not pass no fucking bar. <laughs> and you know what? To be honest, if she just followed a lawyer around and passed the bar, she deserved to be a fucking lawyer. That is a hard-ass fucking test. It is. I, I mean, somebody in one of the groups I'm in was posting questions to get our input from them. And the amount of case law that they had to go back to understand to answer them questions is like you got to have a lot of knowledge in that system. People fail the bar all the time and have to retake. You know what I'm saying? Like it's some shit that they it's it's so much work that goes into that. And it to me, even California having that as an option is just disrespectful to the uh, profession in general. Because what the fuck, like. Again, I have I we I talked about the guy that I know that's a lawyer in Atlanta that had the case with the kid that got hit because the dude was being carjacked. So he mm-hmm. said he was one of those people. Like he did undergrad at AUM, went to uh, law school, had some issues passing the bar, got finally passed the bar. Now he's studying law. But like I've seen people go that route and and watch how difficult it was for them and been so proud and so happy with them when they finally crossed that finish line and for her to get this fucking shortcut shit just uh, and it isn't just because it's kim kardashian any fucking body that that did this shit i would feel this way about you know i watched the show suits i used to i haven't watched it in a while but it's basically about a guy that is smart enough and has enough recall memory to take the bar for people who want to pass the bar but they don't think they can so they pay him he goes and he takes it for him and he leaves uh and i guess this question will be for colin or any other lawyer type person who would like to answer this question but um is there something that you learn in your program in law school that supplements passing the bar or can you can a stranger if he's smart enough legitimately pass the bar and be a lawyer like is it and not not in terms of licensing and technical shit but does that does a person who only passes the bar have all the tools they need to be a lawyer Uh, and if not i wonder what they're missing like that's the question because the bar is hard so Mm -hmm. i think kim kardashian lying to her damn self if she thinks she's gonna pass some bar and if she passed the bar, she deserved to pass it. I mean, I can't. And that's guess the question I'm asking. Does passing the bar qualify a person as a lawyer on its own? Or would that be something that is frowned upon across the field universally, even if they did pass it without the extra work? Because it sounds like you don't have to do all the extra work to take the bar. But it has to be a reason why people don't like more people don't do that. It has to be frowned upon. It has to be where it there has to be some reason because everybody would do that shit if you could. You know how much law school costs? Like if you could just study on your own and go pay, and only pay, pay to take the bar, which the bar is a, almost as, as expensive as or more expensive than the NCE. So more people would do that it would be you would save money if you could just go do that study on your own and go and and skip out on the large amount of money that you pay for law school there has to be some difference in doing it that way of course that's because everybody know everybody (laughs) know that going and to take that test with no school work behind it 
is like going out into the jungle. I'm trying to give a fucking mountain lion a high five. The fuck? You gotta go get your um big animal contact at the zoo. Which is going through the pro like yeah, all I'm saying is that there are levels that distinguish one side from the other. I, I, I want to look more into because I, I one I didn't even know that was a thing because it just seems so ridiculous that that would be that you could apprentice for because what the fuck is apprenticing like she not becoming a welder what does that mean like you just follow them around and do what 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 do you have to present to them to show that you've been an apprentice and blah 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 in order to be able to take the bar like I just need to know what the parameters are for the apprenticeship. Are there rules and boundaries and guidelines for the apprenticeship itself? Like, that just sounds stupid to me. I can't believe that that's a thing. <laughs> um, that's just weird to me. And I wonder if there's any other states that allow that other than California. She only mentioned California because that's where she lives at in Calabasas. But California, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, Maine, New York, Wyoming, and West Virginia. If I didn't say that already, you know, I didn't. But they come with their own level of that. Um, Maine, New York, and Wyoming require some law school, but not the full three years. Apparently, the first five states California, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, four states um, just require four, four years of study in a law office. And the supervising attorney must have three years of experience. So all the years have something different. Let's see. Requires uh, California requires four years of study in a law office, at least 18 hours per week, five hours of direct supervision, monthly exam, biannual progress reports to the California State Bar. Supervising attorney must have five years of active law practice in the state. Did you know? I mean, be, listen, most of being a lawyer is just having knowledge. It is. And and being authorized to go into the courtroom and turn in documentation and to write up certain type of reports for people. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to minimize the job of a lawyer, <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you are a person that has the knowledge and you gained it through five years of supervision with somebody, then what more do you need? I mean, I just would like to know what extra school gives you to to help prepare you to be a lawyer outside of having the knowledge and the tenacity to see her problem is if she don't even want to go to a program because it's too hard what's the likeliness <laughs> of her reading case study what's the likelihood of her genuinely preparing herself for a really really big case and then what's the likeliness of her being able to even maintain um a whole caseload full of clients i feel like have you ever watched um uh what l woods what is the name? Legally Blonde. I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is like a real life Legally Blonde, except for Elle Woods actually put in the work in law school to become a lawyer, and Kim Kardashian is just like, that's too hard. I didn't do that. Is that how she talk? In my mind, she's vapid, so I can't even do the little baby talk. Hell, Her vapid Paris mean. Hilton. What does vapid mean? Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian? That ain't what the fucking Marion Webster say. <laughs> you want the Webster's dictionary? I don't know. You said vapid. I don't know what it means. You don't know what it means? I do, but I don't. <laughs> Offering nothing that is stimulating or challenging. Okay. She's vapid. 
synonyms. I'm sure she offers something to somebody that's stimulating and challenging. Well, when she give North a puzzle, <laughs> <laughs> same shit. They still doing that cult shit. That church, that's still happening. That's still a thing. Yeah, it is what it is. She know who she married. Crazy nigga from Chicago. <laughs> Um, Jennifer Hudson has told David Otunga to get a job and refuses to pay for housing in a bitter custody battle. Situations like this just expose the double standard in our society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago that double standards is something that we just got to deal with. It's men that have oppressed women. Like, we got to deal with them double standards. But, um, some double standards I do accept. Like is this one? J- yeah, Jennifer Hudson need to cut that man the check. <laughs> she wake make way too much money to just let him, you know, go by the wayside. The reality is that just what happened. Apparently, he has their son more than she does. Yeah, too. he got he got a uh, higher custody for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know what the courts did to determine that, but uh, I forgot what happened. She was, she was some bad behavior. Let me tell you something, I, and I say this all the time, especially in Alabama. I can't speak for other states. In Alabama, when I see a man that's got full custody of his kids, that woman got to be fucking awful. Okay, you hear me? She got to be just because I have seen women with drug problems. They just let them go to a rehab and give them the kids. But like for a dad to get full custody of his kids in Alabama, that woman got to be something awful. So anytime I see a man with like more custody, I'm always like, the fuck was she out here doing? <laughs> because most courts favor the women. They just do. When it comes to custody situations, the kids usually end up with mom most of the time and dad gets the visits. But when it's the opposite, I'm like, what the fuck was she doing? But that's a problem. It is a problem. I was recently a part of a divorce case. It's another one of them double standards that exist. But especially within Alabama, anytime I see a man with full custody, I know either that woman gave up custody and said she didn't want him at all, or she just fucked up so many times that they that and dad fought hard enough that he just got custody. It is very difficult for a man. The argument that they're making is that because David Otunga didn't birth the child, he shouldn't be privy to as many rights what? as the mom that child got half of his dna just like well, he got half of the but mom. we we have a society that when it comes to children we've conditioned ourselves to believe that children being in the hands of mothers is the best um no children being in the hands of competent parents yes whether that's one or two is the best we can't just isolate that to believe that's mothers because some of these women ain't shit they made me think about jim carrey and liar liar you know, he was representing that crazy woman. Oh, yeah. And at the very end, the kids was like, Daddy, no, Daddy. They wanted to They loved the dad. daddy. And then she said, come on, you're mine. He got to pay for you. He yep. got to pay for you if he wants you. Oh, yeah. Like, that shit happened. There's some ancient-ass bitches out here. Listen, I'm telling you, I've talked to them. I've worked with them. They're awful. There are women that get mad. The reason why co-parenting is a difficult thing is because people get wrapped up in relationships. A marriage and a family is two different things. A marriage is between the two people within it. A family consists of that marriage and then the kids that come from it. When the marriage dissolves, that doesn't mean that the family does, but people cannot get over shit that happened in their relationship. So then the kids become pawns. And some of these bitches out here ain't shit for that. 
They ain't shit. They're terrible. They're awful. Well, um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a mother that has primary custody of the child and the dad is like a weekend dad or something, you're not going to like this dialogue. No. Um, the reality is research is starting to show that equally allotted joint custody yep. is the move that the Western world is taking that turns out in a healthier psychological outcome for your child kids need both of their parents whether both of the parents are in the house at all it doesn't it, i don't because nobody makes this nobody makes this argument when the parents are still together that mom the kids should spend more time with mom and mom should be more you know, but it's when the split happens that it's like oh mom's better keeping with the, the kids with mom but i i think that's a part of it though because in my case what happened was when they were together, the dad did expect the mom to to rein in the child and be the primary caregiver for the child. Yeah. You know, uh, that's not the fault of the dad. That's really the fault of society who has conditioned us that the man is going to be the breadwinner and the woman is going to be the nurturer. And when you have that dynamic, you have sometimes you have women who end up doing all of that work. And when a divorce happens, a man got to catch up. And but but a woman also going to have a dialogue of he never did this for the child when it comes to the court. So it's a whole system that in a whole bunch of ways has conditioned all of us to um act in ways that going to make this shit a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's going to make it look like you haven't been as involved. And to the court that already believed that the matriarch should have the child, they already gonna be more inclined to give that father, to, uh, that mother, the child, child in the time that they need. And my issue, you know, that's bad enough on its face. But then when you have a situation where the mom is so obviously not the parent that the child needs to go to, but because you have this preconceived notion that mom is where the child needs to be, even if mom ain't shit, even if mom has some some serious issues even if the kids are telling you that they want to go live with their dad the courts will still decide in the favor of the mom even in those situations where it's obvious mom ain't the, the parent that need to have custody where it's obvious that mom is not going to be able to healthily parent these kids but because she's mom she get custody any fuck away i had a client um who got took the longest time to get a divorce because he knew this was going to happen with his son and it did when he finally got the divorce courts gave mom was terrible okay mom was out here hoeing doing all kind of bullshit not there bringing niggas over to the house with a son and all kind of shit and this man was losing his mind because he wanted to have custody of his son he didn't mind taking care of him and taking to school he wanted to do all of those things and the court was just not trying to hear that shit. Even with all the evidence to the contrary that mom won shit, you know, he was so depressed. I felt so bad for him because he loved his son and his son loved him, but. Well, let me just, you know, follow up with equally a lot of joint custody. What the evidence shows is that when a, either parent, when either parent doesn't have um, equal amount of time with a child, it it creates more of this uncle or aunt type relationship mm -hmm. not a father type relationship and you can't get that from that relationship uh, and one thing that happens which happened with me when i was a kid is that when i went to my daddy house i can't say this is my house 
or this is my room. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it. It was different every time I came and not based on my desires. Yeah. And so it really puts a throttle on how much of a relationship you could build with that parent when you don't even feel like their home is your home. Versus 50-50, you, that parent have to actively have a room set up for that child and they see they're going to see them often enough that that house is going to feel like they house. Yep. They just going to call mama and daddy house my house. Like they're going to say to your friend, you don't want to spend a night in my house? You know, that's daddy. And I, like versus y'all, uh, y'all want to spend a night in my daddy house? You know, that's a different dialogue. Yeah. But it's like, it's psychologically, one of them makes a child feel like they have something and one of them makes a child feel like they don't have that thing. Yep. And that makes a really, really big difference. Um, and it's unfortunate. It is. Patty LaBelle is gonna launch a line. Oh, I'm phone. sorry. Uh, Jennifer Hudson cut the check. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Patty LaBelle is set to launch a line of frozen Chinese food. Okay, what's it? You know what it's called? Uh, let's see. Some dumb shit. Mm, doesn't say. I'm interested. Oh, I th- it's like Patty's pies, Patty's Chinese food. <laughs> I Patty's pies. Patty, ain't that what her pies are called? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I understand the pies. The pies made. She's sense. seventy-four years old. Why the fuck is she doing Chinese food? Because man, it's probably somebody that came out to her and said, "Hey, Patty, <laughs> you're insignificant." But your pies somehow have done great. I'm Chinese. You're black, which means we're both brown. We both eat. So you can help me help you. How you feel about having your name on some Chinese food? That's so. But I don't even think it's a Chinese person. I think it's a. I think it's a, a appropriator that's creating these oh, foods. Yeah. It's gonna be sold at Walmart too, exclusively. <laughs> If you buy your Chinese food from Walmart, just it's already. You can right. buy your Chinese food from Walmart. It's okay. Is it? Yes. Okay. I was watching a um, I was reading a tw- a Twitter post from a professor that was uh, in the agricultural field or somewhat, mm-hmm. and she gave her kids an assignment. The assignment was to go and to a local Chinese restaurant and get some sushi, and they were going to test the fish to see how close to what fish is supposed to be it is. Mm-hmm. And the results were horrendous. They got like 15 samples. Out of those 15, two of them were pure fish. The rest of them was not. It was some kind of modified fish. Mm-hmm. And on the bottom end, two of them were not even fish <laughs> by their makeup. <laughs> they were some kind of like fish skin type thing. It was something weird that they were passing off. Uh, now I said two of them was actually fishing the other one. None of the rest of them was what they were supposed to be. Like they say that is might they might say that this is a white tuna roll or they might say that this is a salmon roll, but they putting all kind of random fish in it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, eating at a Chinese restaurant might not be the best Chinese to eat. I guess. To be honest, but I mean, at least listen, if y'all gonna cook. If y'all want to really eat Chinese and you want to find your own flavor profile for it, if you cook, just listen to me for a second, okay? (laughs) First off, get you a wok. Now, if you live in an apartment or if you haven't bought a stove that specifically helps you cook in a wok, 
you're going to want to get a flat bottom carbon steel wok, okay? That works on an induction oven, that works on an electric oven, that works on any eyes, and you're going to be able to get wok action. Now, what a wok does, a wok pan is thick on the bottom, and it, it's, it gets smaller up the sides, which means it gives you uh, better heat control. So you got the bottom that's hot and the top sides that's not hot. So when you move rice around up to the top, it don't cook as fast and you can put food in the middle of it. Like it's a whole cooking dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, Chinese food uses the same four or five sauces. You just gotta find different what recipes and different ways to utilize them. They use rice vinegar, rice wine, soy sauce, oyster sauce, sesame oil, and fish sauce. That's nearly every sauce that you're going to find in whatever recipes you're going to eat. Fish sauce is more akin to Worcestershire sauce. Okay. I don't know if you knew, but Worcestershire sauce is made with anchovies. I did not know that. Yeah, it's a fish-based sauce. Huh. Uh, it, just has, it just has more of a dark base. So did you, it don't smell fishy? No, it doesn't smell fish fishy. Fish sauce smells fishy I as hell. I would imagine that it would. Yeah. But man, <laughs> it, it brings this dynamic to the food that's different. Now, if you got them seven staples for Chinese food, you could just use them all over and over again. And don't buy them from Publix or Walmart. Go buy them from your Asian market. You can get garlic, uh, bean sprouts, cilantro, all your seasonings at the Asian market for much cheaper than anything else. And then it's cuts of beef that you can't find nowhere but the Asian market. Like beef shank, you could barely find that at any grocery store, but you go to the Asian market, you can find that. That's what they use in pho, which is spelled P-H-O. So if you're saying pho, then that's not the pronunciation of it. It's actually pho. But there is another soup that I'm I, that's taking over pho for me. It's bun bo hue. And I made both of these last week. But if you got any questions about any Chinese recipes or anything, <laughs> I mean, Chinese food is very easy to cook at home if you're looking for, uh, uh, you know, consistency in how it's cooked, how it's prepared, and making sure that there ain't nothing weird. Um, or if you don't want frozen food, or if you just feel like Patty LaBelle is being too disrespectful. <laughs> what does she know about Chinese culture, man? I would really want to know what the fuck she know about Chinese culture before. Like, I hope they done took her to an old Asian rice farm where they make their own <laughs> soy sauce from scratch and give her some foundations of understanding Chinese food. But I think Patty LaBelle too much of a diva for that, and she old as shit, so... That's um, that's disrespectful, man. <laughs> Somebody in the comments said, "Patty, you pushing it? Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to." <laughs> Damn, they pulled out the TLC. Did she write that song or something? I don't know why they used those lyrics. <laughs> thought it might be connected. Like they could have used one of her songs. They could have, but they don't know none of her songs. They might not. Probably somebody else. They could be like, "Patty, if only you knew." How much you don't need to make Chinese food. And for anybody, like, so people were saying, oh, she doesn't need to do that. That's not a good idea. It's so many people in the comments under this saying, I don't see a problem with this at all. Aren't Chinese people selling black hair care products? The Korean store near my place sells pounded yam flour and palm oil. She better secure her bag. That's what does she need to do? That's what they say. She needs to secure her bag. So Where's the limits to securing a bag? <laughs> What if she had a shotgun outside of a Brinks truck? <laughs> well, motherfuckers be saying, oh, she need to secure that bag. She need to secure that bag. 
Like, where's your limits on what she needed, what people need to do to secure a bag? <laughs> is murder okay if they need to secure the bag? Like, goddamn, where your limits at? My limits are at cultural appropriation in the event that she's not truly collaborating with a Chinese person <laughs> for this Chinese food line. Come on, Patty, with the soul sister fried rice and lovely lady lo mein. Hell no. I'm going to try it. I don't like Patty LaBelle, man. Why don't you like Patty? She just petty. <laughs> yeah, she is. She just a diva. Most of them old divas is petty. She's Aretha Franklin was a diva and petty. Which one of them was in the sneakers commercial? Was it Aretha or, uh, or Patty? I think it was Aretha Franklin. I think it was Aretha. Yeah, he was like, you're a diva when you hungry. <laughs> yeah, have a Snickers. And then it turned back into him. I don't even think Patty LaBelle would do a commercial like that that would joke about her being a diva perception of her being a diva like Aretha Franklin would. They both was divas, but Patty LaBelle has shown so many moments in her career where she just been she clearly have these irrational expectations <laughs> and ain't there for the people. Like uh, on one of them Christmas um Christmas specials, the choir didn't show up or either somebody didn't schedule a choir. And she was up there singing by herself and she was like, I don't know the words. If y'all don't let me know, then I'm not going to be able to finish the song in the middle of the song with the beat going. Um, and she just stopped and left. Like, damn, what's the compromise at? You know what I'm saying? I feel like Patty, you, Patty, old. Oh, that's just what old people do. Like, I feel like my, my grandma is a perfect example rest of soul my grandma was an asshole she was so sweet when she was younger but as she got older she just didn't give a fuck no more she just said what she wanted to say and i feel like if you're a diva when you're young when you get older you have no fucks to give like most people your age she's 74 most 74 year olds don't get no fucks about what they say or do she just got more or it's worse because she's paying bill and she got this diva shit going on but most 74 year olds is petty and don't give a fuck about your feelings <laughs> I can't wait to be in my 70s so I can say what I want. Who gonna check me? Well, you know uh, Chris Cuomo? Yes. He's a CNN personality. Mm -hmm. um, he did a tribute to Aretha Franklin, and he basically talked about uh, a concert that was being done. It was for a special event. It might have been the Super Bowl or the World Series or something. And uh, the person who was supposed to do it bowed out they mm -hmm. they they left and with like maybe hours notice they tried to get aretha to do it a song that she had not heard mm -hmm. before and um and i might be missed telling some of the stories just find chris cuomo remembering aretha franklin and she came out and she did it perfectly he was like it was a tear shed type moment and he said for some reason the kid had walked out on the stage while she was doing it and i don't mm -hmm. know who kid it was i don't know if it was on purpose but she kind of like took the kid on her arm and continued the song or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I don't think I'm misstating it. I could be, but you know, it's like even though Aretha Franklin was a diva, she was deeply involved in the community. She was deeply connected to social justice and social movements. Like she bonded Aretha Frank, uh, no Angela Davis out mm -hmm. at some point when it was against her best interest in her career to be dealing with somebody like a, 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 a what am I trying to say? Not vigilante. Not vigilante, <laughs> but a, uh, um, we'll, we'll say, uh, um, I can't think of the word. I know what you mean. Somebody who's dealing with political, sh black 
political shit. Yeah. Against her best interest, she was trying to put up the money to do that. And I don't know whether she did or not. But like, I know these stories about Aretha Franklin. I don't know shit about <laughs> Patty LaBelle, except she wouldn't get that man credit for saying these pies is delicious. And after his video coming out, them shits taking off. Yeah. That made me mad because one, his his video was so funny like and it went viral and you cannot not give him credit for that that was fucked up and the video was hilarious <laughs> and the origin of me saying i don't like patty labelle like that is that not only do she have the patty uh sweet potato pies but she also have these like crumbles and cobblers she has a peach and apple cobbler a peach cobbler a berry crisp and some kind of crumble um, and I had the blackberry, was it crumble or cobbler? I think it was a blackberry cobbler. And it was delicious. And I was angry. Cause I was like, I hate her, but I love this power her picture on it. This ain't fair. I wanted it to be bad. I was doing it for a food review and I recorded it and I didn't even release it. Maybe the Chinese food would be bad. <laughs> I don't want the Chinese food to be bad because it's Chinese food. Like, I don't want a black person to fuck up <laughs> a culture's a, a culture that has good foods. Food. <laughs> I don't want her to do that. So she either need to not do it or be successful. Because you know what? We gonna have to pay the price. <laughs> Me and you gonna have to pay the price every time a Chinese person look at us. They gonna be like they try to take our food. <laughs> market it make money off of it and that's different from what i do i just cook it at home because it's delicious and i tell people the chinese their culture they know how to fuck with food okay let me tell you that i will give them props all day long um but no nobody i don't want patty to fail she need to not do this or succeed because i want them to say i want chinese people to buy her food and be like damn how she get it like this that ain't gonna happen but you know, that's like in my head what I would hope that would happen to normalize the situation. Make it normal. <laughs> um, Texas, Texas lawmakers consider the death penalty for abortion. So if you ain't noticed, abortion legislation is getting increasingly and increasingly more aggressive in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. And I think what a lot of these states are trying to do is send this dialogue up to the Supreme Court to hopefully challenge and or overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, because that's the abortion legislation. Mm -hmm. And a lot of states right now have passed heartbeat legislation. Have you heard of that? Heartbeat? Heartbeat legislation. If the baby was aborted at the point that in which it had a heartbeat then the person who performed the abortion would do the do the time so i think they went you from know how early you can hear a heartbeat i know that shit is early as fuck i know um but they went from they went to try they went from trying to figure out how to stop the parents from doing it and taking away support for the parents but now they're gonna add the layer of giving the person who do it consequences so that a lot of people will stop doing it because they don't wanna deal with no consequences that are irrational, that really shouldn't be something that they have to deal with. 
but uh but then then when you get to this 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 in texas the death penalty for an abortion like come on man i i just don't understand the depth to which i just don't understand all the conflict between conservative values man i mean if they're if their political beliefs are rooted in in their faith how can you say love your neighbor unless your neighbor is a nigga you know <laughs> or, or homosexual I just don't understand how you can say I'm pro-life but be pro-death penalty uh, it, it's just a lot of things I don't understand as it pertains to them especially when it comes to say if you abort, abort a child we're gonna you know send you to the death death row that's stupid man me six weeks six weeks that is uh and that was the criticism of it because a lot of women don't even know they pregnant until after eight weeks yeah so you know? most of the time when the first time women go get a sonogram they can hit a heartbeat because usually it takes a while for you to fucking realize that shit and yeah six to eight weeks it's a way to that this is just a way to circumvent women ever being able to have abortions because if they if they're going to not allow you to have an abortion after the heartbeats, then when would a woman would never be able to? A woman you would have, have to go to, in before six weeks. She have to think she was pregnant and go figure it out. And most people don't realize it. Again, most women when they find out or or start being like, wait a minute, it's 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 six to eight weeks in. Like it's gonna you gonna hit a heartbeat. Um. So Morehouse is going to start admitting transgender students that identify as male and starting in 2020. Okay. And I wonder if this was an all-girls school saying that they were going to admit transgender male to female. Who knows? Maybe the reason that Morehouse is being a pioneer in this is because that they feel it's more safe to do it with men. Um, but the reality is, it's actually more dangerous. And I know what you're saying, because when it comes to doing that with all-girls schools, you're looking at it in terms of the risk that the girls take by that student being a man. Mm -hmm. But in the context of a man going to Morehouse, the risk that a trans woman has going to a school with all a men, trans man a trans man yeah not trans woman but a trans man has going to a school with all males their risk is significantly higher to their individual selves from the male population mm -hmm. because there is a vast number vast level of violence against trans individuals it's just like uh, it's the question of whether or not when somebody commits a crime to send them to a male or a men or women prison Sending them to a men's prison a lot of times makes them targeted. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the same. I mean, obviously, Morehouse is not a prison, but sending them around a campus full of men might be dangerous for that person. I'm in support of the move. I wonder if they polled the students or if it was something the school decided on its own. I doubt it. The, the reason I know about it is because I know somebody who graduated from Morehouse who is friends with a lot of professors. And apparently two professors was on the page getting into it 
Uh, one of them wasn't really talking about their claims. Um, but one of them, the one of the professors said uh, they need to also ensure that there are LGBT counselors to attend to the needs of the trans um, men that come into the school. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this one guy said, why do they need counselors? And apparently in, they, in his profile, he was an adjunct professor at Morehouse. And she had been studying, she said she was a feminist that has been studying the social dynamic of male and, and woman interaction for the last 15 years at Morehouse. Mm-hmm. And so this is what I do for a living. I don't have time to address um, people like you because your question weren't, wasn't asked with sincerity. Your question was a declaration of your ignorance toward the subject. Um, basically, <laughs> that's what she said. Well, damn. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, that, but that's how he. It was a yeah. condescending question. He wasn't really looking for an answer. He was just really passive about saying that he don't agree with it. Um, Here's what. So, either way, there are people in administration that some are for it, and apparently some are against it. You know that there is a whole group of black men that believes that there's this gay agenda and that's what i was gonna say i don't i don't i don't think they ran about it. i don't think it would succeed in the student population it wouldn't not at morehouse no. i just don't think it would have so this would have had to been an executive directive by the administrators of the school which i can understand that but you're also going to put them around the students who aren't asked about this who are going to be the ones that would be subjecting them to any of the issues that they may or may not have so even if you make the executive decision this is what's going to happen the students are the ones that's going to interact with these people on a day-to-day basis not the administration especially not the ones that are high up in the high enough up in the administration to make these kinds of decisions so they need to make sure there needs to be some sensitive like it just throwing them on this campus with all of these black men that may or may not have these idea about a gay like could be problematic is all i'm saying but a trend like but that goes into ignorance so education would have to be done because being a being a trans man doesn't mean that they're straight or gay you and i know that but what i well that's what i'm saying that's where the education has (laughs) to come in i mean but that's what i'm saying i wonder what their goal is in implementing this because if it's just in 2020 opening up the enrollment and saying y'all can come without any kind of anything with the students that's gonna be problematic there are a lot of people that believe in this whole gay agenda transgenders are all lumped into that that is trying to tear down a black the black man and so a black male hbcu gonna be problematic so this is gonna be uh me saying what i'm about to say gonna maybe a little bit complicated to understand but i'm gonna say it the way that it's supposed to be said one of my friends has a son that by birth was a girl. Okay. But is a trans man. Yes. Which by all intents and purposes, I will always refer to him as a him he. and as her son. Mm-hmm. And um, he dates men, okay. which... If you look at it by biologically, how a lot of us do by birth, he's dating the sex that's supposed to be dated based on their biological origin. Yes. But based on his trans identity. He's a gay man. He's a gay man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. So 
this kind of thing gets complex, too complex. To, yes, like you say, to just throw somebody on a campus. But I imagine that that would that's going to have to like it would be deeply irresponsible if Morehouse said we're gonna make this change, but did not accommodate for the gap, mm-hmm. that gap in that knowledge, which the gay agenda don't necessarily apply in this dialogue the people that have that mindset are not you're saying that from logically it doesn't apply well like thinking that the progress in our society should not be based on the opinion of the people that are already not logical and nor should the movement forward be based on the reaction that those people will have because they don't understand it should be based on i'm just saying from a safety measure like a realistic safety measure of these students being on the campus well, without I mean, them doing any kind of anything for these male these are, it's a it's a all male school but this is what this is what groups are willing to risk for the sake of progress mm-hmm. every group that's ever been oppressed at some point has been willing to risk their lives for that and i hate that they have their lives to risk in this but if indeed Morehouse don't create a safe environment for them and it turns out to be incident after incident that creates it, what it's going to do is it's going to put this dialogue at the forefront of our society mm-hmm. and what we do about these men that are this violent, not what we do about trans groups and their trans identity to keep them out of those places. It should never be that. Like, yeah. shit needs to be done to the people that cause the problems. We shouldn't inhibit the people who are trying to just be exist somewhere without being bothered telling them they can't be here or you shouldn't be here or or whatever like and that's why i support it because it's not that i i mean i don't fully understand the whole dynamic of trans identity because i hadn't had an opportunity to talk to a trans person myself i've read a lot and i've heard a lot and i've watched a lot of videos and stuff and i understand it but i really want a true understanding of it by somebody who uh who can tell me what their experience is so i know a lot but i w- would like some clarity about some stuff from from that individual but the reason i support it is because i su- I, I support any oppressed group who is just trying to live the life that they want to live and the basis by which i do that is if it don't bother me i'm gonna support you in terms of a, a true genuine um dilemma that you have in our society now if a person comes out and says i identify as a person that choke baby puppies um that's redundant because puppies are babies i don't have to say baby puppies i don't know um (laughs) but if you identify as that no i don't agree with that shit why would you do that you know what i'm saying i like baby puppies that (laughs) stop saying that i'm saying it anyway that's going to impact me you know, or if you are a person that's an anti-vaxxer, okay, yeah, you identify as a person that's an, that's a decision, not a, you know, not something you can. So at the point that it's something that I don't, uh, that evidence shows that it's not a choice, and that in our society, the reflection of that is a measure of oppression. I'm going to be an advocate for those people being able to be where they want to be, who they want to be, and how they want to be. Was it in Georgia? Did you see they had that measles outbreak? See, that's why I go around kicking parents in their throats and shit. I think it was Georgia. Was it Georgia? I think so. 
I don't need my kid catching. No, shit. it was New York. Was it's it New, New York? York. It's somewhere in New York. Yeah. Okay. No, oh, they I said they they finna shut down some parts of this. Like they finna because it's bad anti-vaxxers. Like it y'all got can't bad come around as fuck. here. Yeah, my kid gotta be sick now because you stupid. My granddaddy got the shingles and shit finna <laughs> die. We need that check. <laughs> I'm looking at the comments. And then the negative to positive ratio comments is like 40 to 1. Like, because one, Morehouse is the only all black male college in existence. A lot of yeah. people feel a lot of ways. Of course. About it. Of course. Um, they garbage. Yeah, it's a lot of bad. You know, I understand. I understand from a conditioning perspective, you know. I understand. If every day, it's kind of like a situation where you, um, once you, you're the only child and you get a younger brother, you got to share some shit you ain't never had to share before. That's why I tried to kill my brother. Yeah, that's what happens. And so I wasn't successful and I love him now, but when he first got here, I was trying to take his ass out. And that's what happened when new groups first get here in terms of somewhere that our society society has traditionally kept them from being this is what happens this is just what happens yep look at these comments jesus okay only other thing i have was takashi six nine they he might be free by september and dead by october if they don't <laughs> he'll be okay protect him you think so? He can just cover up his tattoos. He, he, he got a lot of tattoos. Get a little tattoos. Justin Bieber haircut. Nobody <laughs> will know who the hell that boy is. Period. Period. He got a lot of tattoos. Period. He covered. Six yeah, nines he, all over his body. He can cover them up. He ain't got no business getting them no damn way. Well, him and baby both. Um, The last thing I got is that Georgetown students vote for $27 raise in tuition for slavery reparations. <laughs> What? Yeah. So 66% of the Georgetown students voted to raise tuition at the renowned university for uh, by $27.27.20 a semester. The funds will go towards providing reparations for nearly 272 (laughs) students and descendants of slaves once owned and later sold by the school. What? What? Why $27.20? Ain't no telling. <laughs> I don't know. That, that question is way too specific. I mean, what brought about this dialogue? I know, like, but I just, it's such a, most of the time when people do not, when it's not like a, a, a whole number, I'm always like, how you decide on this? Or if it's not like an even number. It's like, how did you decide on this odd ass number with some change? <laughs> um... Shepard Thomas, a junior at Georgetown, also a descendant of said slaves, told the news publication the school wouldn't be here without them. Students have always, students here always talk about changing the world after they graduate. Why not change the world when you're here? It makes me feel happy that we, as student, decided to set a precedent for the betterment of people's lives. Um, 3,845 students. Uh, voted in that. I wonder how many students go to the school. That twenty-seven dollars a piece is gonna be that. But you know, that's the reality. I don't. They figured out how to address reparations and slavery in the context of a microcosm of a university. 
Uh, I don't know if that's going to work on a big societal scale. But uh, I do think it's a good step in the right direction in terms of dialogue, at least. Yeah. It's still... What? It's just weird. What's weird? The whole thing is weird. How did they come to that decision to do it? And then how did they arrive at that number? And how are the students going to receive their portion of it every semester? That's interesting. I mean, the reality is this can't be a forever thing. It's 272 people. You know, or I mean, do they plan on paying them for the rest of their lives? I'm sure is it's just, just while one? at the school. That's what I'm saying. So that means that once that those 272 people are paid back from whatever they determined that's going to be worth. They could continue to do it for any black students or students that were, big, I mean, that comes to the school. Well, it don't, it don't seem that they're just limiting it to the people that came to the school. This is for people who the school owned, like back in the day, and sold into slavery. Oh. This is descendants of people that's directly tied to Georgetown University. Oh, okay. Not just any slaves. Okay. That's why, like, it just can't last forever. At some point, they're going to pay those people off and be done with it. I still don't know where that number came from. I'm just, you know, let me just say something about reparations. Uh, Reparations... Uh, is really, really high into the rhetoric of a lot of the politicians this year, the Democrats, the left. Uh, and a lot of people don't see it as genuine. And and that's what happens. Every year, new politicians get new talking points, and they try to use that to uh, get a response, to get somebody to vote for them. And in this case, it's reparations, so they're trying to figure out how to gather support for the black community. Even Bernie Sanders, who said that he don't support reparations at some point, has come around to considering it because that's how important those dialogues and that rhetoric is. However, reparations, we should never accept reparations in the form of money in the form of a check. Now, I think I said this on the podcast before that I don't want reparations because I do think that it will make white people say you got what you wanted, now shut the fuck up. And it will no longer validate what we wanted to say about on what we wanted to say and what we wanted to talk about when it came to uh, this and these kind of systems. Um, but now I'm moving down the scale on that. Uh, I think that reparations is something that we need uh, if we want to lessen the gap between what black people don't have and what white people have. And I think reparations, if it's focused on that task, is something that we can use whether it be some way to give us loans uh, that are maybe interest-free or give us a certain access to money to do some projects we want to do to build, you know, give us some, like, real estate uh, incentives for black people to, to acquire land and build. Like, there are things that can be done in terms of a reparation system that will uh, lessen the gap between what black people have and what white America has. And I think that that's like the dynamic that we have to understand and ask ourselves. And me personally, I don't care if it's genuine or not. If they are willing to activate the dialogue about uh, reparations, then we can see who is willing to put their money where their mouth is or who is willing to lose everything they have because they weren't willing to put their money where their mouth is. So... That's my perspective on um, on that topic.
Reparations. You got anything else on your mind? I do not. Well, until we come to the next conversation. We out. Holla. Holla.